My name is Sofia Viglione, and I'm here to investigate the question, what makes a killer? Humans have always been perversely fascinated by those who murder. They wonder what drives a person to kill other people. Death has always been part of our society. The word assassin is derived from the Arabic word hassassin. These assassins were groups of men in the 12th century hired to kill specific targets. These were usually political leaders or people in power. Like some modern-day extremists, they kill with a clear conscience because they believe it would help them get into heaven. Death caused by another are generally considered homicides, but there are circumstances that require charge to be upgraded to murder. This first reason is premeditation. If you carefully plan to kill someone, then it is murder. If you get paid to kill someone, then you are guilty of murder. If you torture someone so they die a slow and painful death, then you are again guilty of murder. Lastly, killing someone and then covering your tracks constitutes as murder. Killing has been taboo for centuries. The punishment for being caught for this type of crime vary, but there is almost always a pen and no consequence. Though murder has universally been accepted as wrong, this has never stopped people from committing the act. What pushes someone to kill? Were they born with an imbalance or defect, or did the victim truly just anger the killer enough? I'm here to research into the idea of murder and the potential causes that drives an individual to this extreme. What are some reasons someone would kill? When someone commits the act of murder, there are a variety of reasons that might drive them to this extreme. One of the most common motivations is love, as seen in the study in Scarlet by Arthur Conan Doyle. Here, the murderer, Jefferson Hope, a cab driver, kills because his lover, Lucy, was forced to marry someone else. When Lucy dies in the months after the wedding from a broken heart, Hope kills his first victim, Enoch Drever, Lucy's husband. Lucy's death triggered a downward spiral of violence, resulting in Jefferson murdering everyone involved in Lucy's marriage and subsequent death. Relationships are very important to most people, enlisting very strong emotions, emotions strong enough to make someone a killer. Males are more likely than females to kill, though women still kill. Where men use more violent and aggressive means to get the job done, women typically use poison and calmer means. Men generally kill for sex or control, women usually kill to gain something, whether that be something as shallow as for money or something as imperative as freedom from abuse. Most people won't ever kill another person. If this is the case, then many believe that those who do kill have something wrong with them. This brings us to the topic of psychopaths. Ironically, the number of murderers who are psychopaths is actually quite low. Psychopaths are generally people who hold positions in politics or prominent businesses. Our minds will bring us to the idea of psychopaths because the level of cruelty a true psychopath will use to kill leaves a lasting impression on society. So, what is a psychopath, and why do they kill when they do kill? In the article, What is a Psychopath, by Jane Leonard, the term psychopath is not an official diagnosis. Instead, a doctor may diagnose someone with specific traits they associate with antisocial personality disorder. The general public and some researchers may still use the term psychopath to describe individuals who display some personality traits. Examples of such traits include lack of empathy and remorse, and persistent antisocial behavior. In the article, they discuss people seen as psychopaths and them having antisocial personality disorder, ASPD. Doctors may consider ASPD to be a cluster B personality disorder. 
People with cluster B personality disorder may behave in a way that others consider overly emotional, dramatic, or erratic. In researching about psychopaths, I started to realize the definition of a psychopath is incorrect and confusing, because most of the signs of psychopathy are actually exhibited in the general population. These are the politicians we vote for or the businessmen we work for. Many of the signs of psychopathy are exhibited by most everyone. John Robinson, a writer and a filmmaker investigating madness and psychopathy, describes the conversation with a vicious CEO called Al Dunlap, aka Chainsaw Al. He made his millions destroying the lives of others, leaving behind many fired employees, devastated communities, and decimated companies, but wealthy shareholders. As the interview progressed, Robinson asked questions such as shallow effect and an inability to experience a range of emotions, in which Dunlap replied that a strong show of emotion will hold him down in his position. Robinson continued to point out psychopathic traits, and Dunlap continued to reply with perfectly plausible explanations for exhibiting those traits. The interview illustrates the normality of psychopathic traits in the people in power. As the interview progressed, the more like questions reveal the traits that are seen in most people. Robinson felt that Dunlap seemed less like a psychopath that people see on television and more like the guy next door. How scary is that thought? The Stanford Prison Experiment where a man, Zimbardo, investigated the brutality of prison guards and what caused it. In this experiment, volunteers were randomly chosen to either be prison guards or prisoners. The volunteer prisoners were treated as real prisoners, taken from their homes unexpectedly, brought to the police station and fingerprinted, and lastly, brought to the prison. As the experiment progressed, the prisoners began to act more criminal-like, and the guards became progressively more aggressive towards misbehaving prisoners. During the days in the prison, the prisoners struggled. In the article Stanford Prison Experiment by Sal McLeod states less than 36 hours into the experiment, prisoners 8612 began to suffer from acute emotional disturbance, disorganized thinking, uncontrollable crying, and rage. In positions of power, the guards acted even more aggressively, showing violent behaviors that before they did not seem to exhibit. While prisoners in submissive positions acted more aggressively to the guards, showing the natural brutality non-psychopathic people can develop when pushed in positions of authority or stress. One of the positions of stress, the violence that helped us in the past survive, now can lead to harming others. So, not only the psychopath to be your boss or your state representative, could also be you under the right circumstances. To gain a better understanding of what a normal amount of empathy is in a teen population and to understand the mindset of fellow peers who are not killer, I took a survey involving my peers. In the survey taken by high school students, roughly 52% of students occasionally or not at all empathize with others. Also, when asked the question on a scale of 1 to 5, how much remorse do you feel when hurting someone or something, the answers vary. 26% do not really feel bad when harming something. Well, 52% do feel mostly bad, and 21 feel really bad. I also learned that 68% of students' attention is captured by violent games or scary videos. The most common reason is because the action scenes keep your attention. Though these aren't signs of psychopaths, the desensitization to violence is hard to ignore.
In an interview conducted, I asked a few of my fellow friends to answer a few questions honestly. I'm so happy that you asked me to be part of your podcast on people who lack empathy and serial killers. My name is Trisha Tsozi and I am a BHS student. The first question that you asked me to answer was, what are the different types of people that are considered harmful to others? I would personally consider people that are selfish and self-centered as a harm to others. If you think about it, the only type of person, the only people that, the only people that a self-centered person would ever think about would be themselves. For example, if they ever saw someone was in danger, the, they wouldn't bother helping because it wouldn't benefit them or they would have nothing to gain from it. The second question that you asked me is, what do you think about those who have a lack of empathy? A lack of empathy. When I think about people who lack empathy, I often pity them. My reason for this is because how they aren't able to properly understand why some people do certain things due to the fact that many people tend to do actions because of their emotional drive or their emotions influencing their behavior. Third question is, do you think all psychopaths become killer? No. I personally don't think all psychopaths become killers. I do agree that some of them do become killers, but there's those that don't and manage to hide or suppress their true emotions or desires to cause harm to others due to the fear of being caught or being seen as a social deviant. Some part of them believe, some part of them wants to fit in, and they understand that if they become killers, then they won't be able to fit in society. Your fourth question is, what do you think are the most common reasons for someone to snap and kill someone? And I would say a person would reach that moment when they feel like no matter what they do, no one is ever going to understand them. Or maybe they feel like society or someone has wrongfully did them wrong and that the only way for them to feel better is by killing them or causing harm to others. And your final question is, what are your opinions on killing? My opinion is that killing is not right. I think that taking away someone else's life is clearly wrong. All life is precious and it's important it shouldn't be decided by someone else. Who gets to live and who doesn't? shouldn't be in the hands of a person taking away someone else's life is i do agree that taking away someone else's life is clearly wrong but there are moments where it's acceptable such as self-defense in situation when someone is trying to cause harm to others the victim should be allowed to protect themselves from that danger and that is when i think that it is acceptable to kill someone who's trying to harm you because you're doing it out of self-defense and you don't want any harm to your life or the life of other people around you. What are the types of people that are considered harmful to others? There are many types of people that are considered harmful to others, those who lack empathy and those who 
manipulate others to act out their selfish desires. People who lack empathy cannot put themselves in other people's shoes and are insensitive and uncaring. Generally, those who lack empathy will not be as dangerous and harmful as someone who does understand empathy but is willingly choosing to take advantage of others' emotions and manipulate them. But I think both types are harmful to others in the same regard. What do you think are the reasons for someone to snap and kill someone? There are many reasons why people would cause harm or kill others. Similar to the previous question, the decision to kill someone stems from the individual themselves. Everyone has their own motivation or reasons. For example, for things like revenge, someone who may have been cheated in a relationship may choose to take revenge on the former significant other. Anger can also be a motivator. Someone full of anger might choose to take it out on someone else. There could be a situation where there is an argument and the situation could escalate and lead to someone impulsively harming the other person, whether intentionally or unintentionally. Sometimes people kill on accident or due to carelessness or ignorance. Other reasons might be that the person is clinically insane and killed someone due to their sadistic tendencies. What are your opinions on killing? My personal opinion on killing is that it, it is an ethical dilemma. Where can you draw a line to justify killing? A popular question is the trolley problem. There is a runway trolley bearing down the railroad, railway tracks, tracks. Ahead on the tracks, there are five people tied up and unable to move. The trolley is headed straight for them. You are standing some distance off the train yard next to a lever. If you pull this lever, the trolley will switch to a different tra- different set of tracks. However, you notice that there are there is one person on the side on the side track. You have two options. One, do nothing and allow the trolley to kill the five people on the main track. Two, pull the lever diverting the trolley onto the side track, where it will kill one person. Which is the more ethical option, or simply what is the right thing to do? If I had to choose, it would be option one. In my opinion, both options seem morally wrong. Option 1 is being a bystander and watching the others suffer. Option 2 may seem more morally right, but by pulling the lever to divert the trolley, you are choosing the option with the intention of killing the one person on the track. The intention to kill is morally wrong. I think someone who killed someone else with the intention of harming the others cannot be justified. If someone were to act on self-defense, I feel that killing someone else would be justified since they don't intend to seek harm to the other person but rather make sure that no harm comes to them themselves. In the interview, there was a general consensus of murdering being bad, except in scenarios of self-defense. Hershey had a very strong opinion on people who harm others, though with sympathetic views on those who lack empathy. Sharon, on the other hand, was less empathetic towards people who can't feel empathy, and believed them to be able to do harm without knowing. Both Hershey and Sharon recognized that psychopaths were not all killers, showing that some part of the population understands the dangers of society, and that you don't have to be a psychopath to be a killer. An interesting part of the interview is Sharon mentioning the trolley problem, which is a fascinating test about morals whether you would kill one person or five people. Both interviews gave me an interesting insight on my peers and the topic of psychopaths and killers.
So, what makes someone kill? Well, there are multiple reasons, whether it be money, fame, or simply for their own cruel entertainment. The Stanford Experiment and John Robinson interviews show that there is cruelty in people around you, even your boss and co-workers. And the book Studying Scarlet shows that people will kill for something they love or anger. Though society pities or hates psychopaths and killers, they all in the end fear them. The one thing I did learn is that murderers could be anyone, a close friend, a neighbor, or a boss. Though being killed is unlikely, it's never impossible.